The following program is underwritten by... It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain and punishment. That's why Dr. Roger Mugford from the Company of Animals created the Pet Corrector, which allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like barking with a simple... Order yours today at www.companyofanimals.us. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I've always told you pigs are smarter than humans. Well, unless Lady says that they're pretty smart. Yeah, I wonder if they're smarter than dogs. Coming up in today's show, Dr. Lori Marino says that your pig, if you happen to have a pig, could be smarter than your dog, could be smarter than... Uh, a monkey. A monkey? Really? Wow. Really? This might change the, my bacon on Sundays, <laughs> the way I think about breakfast. How? Well, I'm just saying. You know, that I hope it does. People say that uh, pigs are not smart. They are smart. We'll find out in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. That should be enough for you to stick around, right? Plus, we'll be answering your calls. Dr. Debbie and dog father, Joy Volani and Lori Brooks working hard in the newsroom. What are we going to find out today? Uh, talking about, well, two of my favorite subjects, uh-huh. pets and money. Pets and um, money. Yeah, pets that are wealthy, or pets, let's say, that make their owners wealthy. We'll tell you who some of the wealthiest are coming up. Oh, do you remember Troubled Trump's dog? Uh, not Trump's dog. Uh, yeah, Ivana Trump's dog. Was no, it Ivana? No, it uh, was, uh, uh, what was uh, it? Uh, uh, the, the landlady, the New yes. York landlady who... Uh, All the hotels. Oh, y- yes. Um, her. Her. <laughs> um, That's her, Yes. Helms, uh, Leona Helmsley. Uh, there you go. Very good. Yeah, she left her dog trouble. All that cash, all that money, a yeah. big estate. I wonder if she's in this list that you're going to list off later on. Some of the wealthiest dogs on the way and cats here on Animal Radio. Well, there's two ways you can get your answers questioned and your questions answered. You can uh, ask from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Or you can call 1-866-405-8405, just like Gary did. Hey, Gary, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing today? Good. Where are you calling from? From Santa Maria, California. Oh, yeah, listening on KSMX, I believe. Yeah. Well, how are you doing? How can we help you today? Well, a couple questions. She, uh, actually, when I play with her, she has a tendency to nip. What, what, are we and talking I, about a dog? Yeah, a puppy. What kind of? Uh, not the mean way, but she's a five-month-old uh, German Shepherd puppy. And, okay. Um, so she's and just a I little her, baby then. Yeah, she'll like knit me in the thighs and um, and the arms. Okay, so when you're playing with her, she's nipping you in the thighs and the arms. Um, what kind of play are you doing with her at that time? Just like with a ball. Uh, like I'll play with the ball. I'll play ball okay. with her, and then when she comes back, she'll like go like that, and she'll like you know like nip me in the thigh. Okay, so she brings the ball to you, and then she is that when she bites you? Yes. Yeah, okay, and then what do you do? Do you, you keep on playing when she does this, or um, what, what's happening? Are you getting excited? What? what? No, I, I I don't get excited. I don't get mad at her. I don't get excited okay. with her or anything like that. You know, I I don't I don't scroll her or anything like that because I know she's just a puppy. And okay. So you, know, so you keep on playing then when she does that. Yeah. That's what yeah, I'm asking. Yeah. Okay. All right. So and we've got a young puppy here. Her mom in the arms sometimes when she plays in the legs. 
Okay. So we, we have a young puppy with a, a lot of energy, and um, it's certainly good to do um, some play activities where we can give them an outlet to, to burn off some of that energy. What we do have to watch for is for these negative behaviors. So nipping is a normal puppy behavior, but this is in the wrong context. So this is an inappropriate situation, and we need to show her and teach her um, what we do want her to do at that time. Now, you, you reference back to how she was raised with other dogs. So dogs do yeah. learn what we call bite inhibition, and they learn it um, best from their litter mates. So other animals of their age and size, as they're growing up in a litter, when they're playing, if you watch puppies play, they'll nibble, they'll play, and then all of a sudden you'll hear, "Ah!" and then they stop, and everyone kind of stares around like, okay. The line was crossed, and they tell each other in that manner, and then... Then they move on. So in in some ways for a young puppy, they need to know that boundary. If they haven't learned that through their siblings or through play with other adult dogs that teach them that line not to cross, then we have a dog that doesn't know when it's appropriate to to bite. Now, we may have also, in your pup's case, a little bit of excitement um, eliciting this. So as we're playing, if she's getting more more worked up and excited, it just kind of comes out. And uh, that's where we would need to recognize when that bite, that nip is about to happen. So uh, that's your job is to figure out, okay, we play ball for five passes and then I usually get bit. So that's when you would need to say, okay, we're going to cease play at this time before this happens. And we're also watching her overall excitement level. If she gets too amped up playing ball, which is a, a high prey drive uh, type game, it's, it's tell- basically, you know, having an animal chase something is within their prey instinct. So um, if she's getting too worked up, we might say, okay, we'll just play ball for a little bit and then we'll move to something else. The other thing that you can do is to really make sure that you're really solid on her basic obedience skills. And at five months of age, she could be a student of obedience. And if you're not already in a puppy class, I definitely yeah, recommend I it. Started, I just started a puppy class like about, what, what would you say? We started two sessions. Okay. So the most important thing that you, that you and she will get out of obedience class is that she will learn the cues that you want her to to perform a behavior, that you're going to ask her to do something, and you're going to reward her for those behaviors. And that's going to far be more valuable than giving any yeah, kind of yeah. negative correction in the time when she's nipping you. So that's yeah. what we really need to have a foundation of. Exactly. So we have to have a foundation of basic obedience skills first. So she needs to know how to come to you, how to do something calm like a down or a stay, and you need to make sure that's in your toolbox of dog training to start with. And then as far as knowing what her kind of level of activity, and there are some dogs that are so amped up playing ball, um, playing different games, that you have to almost wear them out before you do that. So that might mean um, playing at the park, it might mean going jogging, it might be doing and something else that's going to wear her down first. Because if you do have a dog with a lot of energy, these bad behaviors, they just kind of slip in into everyday life, and it's very easy. So I would ask you to kind of find those opportunities when you are playing ball to not every time keep throwing the ball. Have her come back and ask her to do a a sit or a down and pull out a treat out of your back pocket. (laughs) And then you pull a treat out of your back pocket and you reward her. Because we both work with her. So here, here's my mom. Okay. All right. Nice. So That'll we need nice to, uh, to call. 
Well, super. Yeah. yeah. So we're just, so what we're going to do is I'm just going to stay on the line with you because I can't keep hopping back and forth. We're on live radio here. <laughs> so, oh, oh, so what we were just talking about is we're going to be working on giving her, um, a reward for calm, quiet behavior. So in the time that she's playing or even around the house, we want to get her into a down or a stay and reward her with a really delicious dog treat or even okay. a, maybe a little piece of cheese and find okay. those opportunities when she is calm and quiet. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want to reward. If she starts to get yeah. amped up playing with the ball or playing in some other manner and you see the nipping coming out, you've gone too far and you need to make sure you cease that behavior and that play before she gets to that point Um, Uh because you can't really teach a dog when they're in an excited state they just it's just comprehension doesn't get through there oh it is i'm telling you it's been tough nobody knows i've had a lot of dogs but this is tough hey you're talking to people who have i've had a hyper dog i've had two labradors so um energy is not uncommon what we need to do as pet parents is we need to find the outlets for them to expend that so it doesn't turn into an unwanted behavior so we need to really get this baby you know get her leash trained so you can do leash walking um really i'd work on those kind of things that's going to get you so far with her okay sorry can i ask you one question sure i've seen in in um uh, pet smart Sometimes it's like a little thing that goes around them, and it's called a calming type little appliance. That oh, like an anxiety wrap? Yes, for an anxiety wrap. What, yeah. Are those any good? If for certain situations. They're good for pets that have anxiety and fear with things like noise phobia, car rides. It's not going to necessarily be the thing to try to calm down a, an energetic puppy. For a puppy, it's really all about um, wearing down their batteries (laughs) because dogs don't have an off button, so you got to wear that battery down. Right. And and there are some useful things that you may find for a young, uh, kind of vigorous jumping puppy, things like the um, the head halters, uh, which look like a horse's bridle that goes over their snout. That can be very effective for for her. And boy, does she fight it. Well, I mean, you basically... Right. Well, you have to train, uh, get them accustomed to that gradually. The last thing you want to do is put it on her and let her like fly like a fish on a hook in the beginning, because yeah. that just sets up a pattern. So, so there's ways that you, with dogs, it's all about reward. So you have to make okay. it worth their while. So if there's something you want her to do, you pull out the treats, you pull out the okay. food, and that's how you get her to, to accept that. Don't try to wrestle her. Don't try to be let her be a bronco. Oh, no. Um, no, we don't. Food no. is your friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's what we got to do. And you have to put a pocket around my neck with dog food. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and you know, I used to be resistant to this until I really learned the power of pow- positive reinforcement. Negative okay. reinforcement is only going to get you so far. You really need okay. to make her motivated to work for you. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And your son well, says that you're going to do some classes. You're going to do some puppy classes. Yes, out at the uh, animal shelter they offer them and. Uh, we're in a group of just five people with their dog. She put in her two cents. And <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, uh, they seem to be good classes. And she she actually, she performs very well out there. Good. She doesn't nip. She doesn't bite. And she just, and she'll sit. Uh, so I'm really impressed with that. Well, good. Ask, ask good. some of those trainers if you have some troubles to help you with that. And uh, yes. because they're there to help okay. you and, and make sure that the transition between shelter and home is smooth and seamless and that everyone's happy okay take okay you give me some good advice take care of yourself today 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to the dream team right now
Underwriting for Animal Radio comes from world's best cat litter. Ditch your giant boxes of cat litter for the concentrated power of world's best cat litter. You know, a small bag will last you 30 days. Go ahead. I can vouch for that. And it doesn't stink. My house doesn't smell like cat litters. Do you have cats? I know. That's what people say. They can't smell them. You could learn more over at tryworldsbest.com. Hey, John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. John, you are on with Dr. Debbie. Well, hi there. How are you today? Good. I have a, um, a yellow lab. He's around one like one year or two months. Um, he's scratching, and um, I rescued him from the pound in, um, about six months ago, and he had fleas when I got him. So I was wondering, I don't see any fleas. I was giving them front lines, but I don't know if I should continue doing that or if there's something I maybe can give him a bath. And also, um, he shares, so I've been um, feeding him, like stuck him in his food with shed relief. Okay. So I was wondering if you had any suggestions. Yeah, sure. Now, with the itching and scratching, does he... Uh, have any areas where he's losing hair? Do you see any spots of irritation, anything like that? No. How often would you say he's itching? Um, he scratches probably like sometimes like three or four times in the evening. When I, I mean, but it's a lot because a friend of mine noticed. Okay. So it, is it enough that you want to like you know get him off the bed and you know shut the door so you can get a good night's no, rest? Is he not, keeping you up I with mean, the scratching? No, he's not keeping me up, but. It seemed like it's uncomfortable for him. Okay. Well, definitely with um, with a history of fleas and even being in an environment where you have fleas throughout the year, that would be definitely something I would work very hard at making sure that we uh, treat that as fully as possible um, because one single flea can create the itch cycle for a long time, and especially for some animals who are allergic to that flea saliva, that that makes that itch even worse for them. So I would continue with Frontline. But, um, you know, there's some simple things you can do. Um, I would go to the kind of the lower back area right in front of the tail, and I would look for evidence of fleas, because if you've got fleas, that's going to be where I'm going to tell you to focus your efforts. And what you're going to be looking for is actually the little critters themselves, but also for basically flea poop, which is looks like pepper. And if you see anything like that along his skin, and it just fleas kind of like that area in the lower back on dogs, then definitely I would go full guns after the um, the fleas. And you may need to actually see your veterinarian for some other tips and tools because there are other medications that we may use as well. Um, but if right now I could stand there and look at your baby and say that there's no fleas and that's not playing a role, being a Labrador, they do tend to have, you know, a lot of uh, kind of allergic skin diseases. So um, things like supplements such as fatty acids can be helpful for mild allergies. Um, may not stop the itch completely, but can help with just general dryness and improve the overall coat and be kind of a natural anti-inflammatory. Um, and a young dog who itches also makes me think about the possibility of a food allergy, in very young Labradors, if I start to see them scratching and itching, and I'm not finding evidence of fleas or other types of critters, then I will definitely talk about getting them on a food um, that is designed for pets with allergies. Um, some of those may be based from different protein sources, like uh, 
duck, uh, venison. Um, but basically, for some of these guys, they're just kind of, their skin's wired a little bit differently. We need to come at it a little differently. Um, so I would definitely see about trying a food uh, trial with the hypoallergenic food for him. Okay. What is something good to, like, maybe bathe them in? Is there something that you can do at home? Yeah, for bathing, if if there's nothing actively going on as far as an infection on the skin, a good general all-around kind of anti-itch shampoo is going to be something oatmeal-based. Um, doesn't have to be medicated, and we wouldn't want to use something medicated unless we actually have that problem present. So um, you can go over the counter, go to your favorite pet store or your veterinary office, and get an oatmeal-based shampoo and even a conditioner. And a lot of the kind of uh, leave-on conditioners can have a nice soothing effect for several days. It'll wear off, um, but it's something you can do at home to kind of make them feel better. It's kind of like a doggy Aveeno bath, if you will. Um, so that might help make them a little bit more comfortable as well. Okay. So I say give that a whirl, John. You, you know, and I, I'm a Labrador lover myself, and um, one of my little babies has a lot of skin-related problems. So I'm kind of always... Uh, He's one step ahead of me, and I'm always trying to catch up and, and treat that skin. So keep up every effort you can, and, and you'll get them there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did that get your attention? That's how it works on your dog, correcting undesirable behaviors. It's important to handle any pet behavioral issues with love and care rather than pain or punishment. The Pet Corrector allows you to safely change unwanted behaviors in your dog, like excessive barking, stealing food or shoes, or chasing people and dogs. With a simple, you can stop all these problems. Find out more at www.companyofanimals.us and get the dog you've always wanted. Right, Max? Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at caninecaviar.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you had enough coverage for your fine art. You broke my Quenol Lioness sculpture. When you aren't even covered for your not-so-fine art. You broke my Mr. Banana Lamp. Or how you're probably covered for hitting this car, but maybe not covered for hitting this car. Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here... You're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. <laughs> if it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. 
We're celebrating our connection with your pets. Here's the toll-free number. Please join in. Grab your pet right now and dial up 1-866-405-8405. We'd love to hear from you. Joey Villani, going to be talking about, and this is really weird. I don't even know if I'm reading this right. Joey, it says here you're going to be talking about hair that gets wrapped around teeth. So I know that's not right because we don't grow hair in our mouth. That's correct? That's correct. Yeah, it is. Um, sometimes the hair grows um, from from right underneath the dog's muzzle or on top of their muzzle and grows up or down and right into the mouth and wraps around the tooth like a vine. Jeez. That is the weirdest thing. I've never heard of that before. Me neither. Okay. Well, that's on the way right here at Animal Radio. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? All right. Get a Kleenex. Okay. Well, if you're if you're the, the sensitive type. Because I, I am. Yes. Um, I know you are. We are going to talk about um, a new program that some hospice programs around the country are developing that is geared for patients and their pets. And their pets. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are A Canadian man now has to pick up his mail at the post office. Canada's postal system has stopped delivering his mail after a carrier was scared away from his door by what she described as a very threatening cat. John Samborski says his 8-year-old declawed black cat named Shadow is gentle and calls the whole situation ridiculous. He told the local paper that Shadow likes to eat, sleep, and cuddle. You could drop a bomb on him and he'd just open one eye, take a look, then close them and go back to sleep. A Canada Post spokeswoman said she hoped for an amicable solution to its dispute with the cat owner, but also added that the carrier who delivered the mail to the house was brought up on a farm and very comfortable with all animals, just not this cat. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication, delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, if you live near a zoo that has one of those awesome giant panda exhibits in it, That exhibit could be changing in the near future. Leasing of giant pandas to zoos by the Chinese research centers is going to become even more strict and regulated very soon. So in the future, zoos applying to borrow pandas from the Chinese will have to send their keepers and veterinarians to China for three months of training. And some special inspection teams on the other side will be sent out to those zoos to check on the pandas. A professor of wildlife protection at Peking University says in some zoos, visitors can even purchase time to interact with those giant pandas. And that, he says, is not only bad for the health of giant pandas, but also sends the wrong message because pandas are an endangered species. They are not pets. A new program in Louisiana is working to give hospice patients and their animal friends more peace. 
Beginning next month, Hospice of Acadiana will begin its new Pet Peace of Mind project. After receiving a $5,000 grant, the program is designed to help both the hospice patient and their family members who may be caring for the patient's pet to ensure that an animal is not going to be neglected or homeless after its owner passes away. Special hospice pet volunteers will be helping with arranging for pet placement through relationships with local rescue groups, pet daycare centers, and local veterinarians, too. And just like people, there are some really wealthy pets in the world. We're talking super-duper rich here. The richest of them, probably not a shock to you, though. It is, drumroll, Grumpy the Cat. It's estimated Grumpy's owner has made more than $100 million for Grumpy's appearances, modeling, book deals, and ads. Uh, his owner disputes that number, though, but won't say if it is too high or too low. But also on the list of some pretty wealthy pets is Moose, the Jack Russell, who starred as Eddie the Dog on Frasier, Keiko the Killer Whale, who's, of course, no longer with us, Rin Tin Tin, also on the list, along with all of the dogs who starred as Lassie, and Virgin America spokesdog, Boo. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. They believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables. Meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. Remember, there's two ways to get in touch with us. You can uh, call us at 1-866-405-8405, or you can uh, ask your questions directly through the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, and it is a free download. There's been a bunch of food recalls this last couple of weeks, and of course, we're on top of that. Uh, there's a whole news module inside the uh, app that lets you know what you need to know for your pets, the actual news that affects your pets, and you'll have all those recalls over there. Again, a free download. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors, Fosters, and Smith. Coming up in the news, Miss Lori Brooks, what do you have? You know, the, all the, the high-profile recent deaths because of uh, what's happening at groomers around the country, there may be some more pressure put on groomers, and we'll tell you how and more on that story coming up. Oh, gee, I know, Joey, you're like on the cutting edge of that stuff. 
Well, I um, actually um, sit on the New Jersey State Board um, right now, with, um, and we're working on licensing groomers. But the funny part about this is um, just um, just about a week ago um, in Vegas, um, we made a major announcement. Um, the grooming associ- the three major grooming associations, along with a few um, local um, groomers, including myself, um, Buckley Publications, and the AKC, have been working on, finally have announced and released, a testing um, program for groomers um, in order so the states can license them and with the proper questions and to get these people more or less, um, you know, understanding what is necessary. Now, it's not a... It's not something that's going to tell you how to groom a schnauzer or anything like that, but it's really safety and sanitation and equipment. It's the stuff that, you know what, that people have to worry about about dropping their pets off and that, you know, their pets are safe and the groomers are safe as long, you know, along the same lines. And this is something that's been worked on for a long time. We want to regulate our industry as well. We want to be a professional professional industry and i'll tell you um i know that there's been a lot of cases that that um that you've heard about with grooming related deaths but there were probably a lot more years past just that you didn't hear about them as much with you know now with um the um, media and the internet and, and facebook and everything you hear about it more often but it's stuff that's been a problem for quite some time Oh, yeah. Well, you heard about the one uh, a couple of months ago, the dog that was left in the dryer too long. And uh, the story that keeps coming back, we've heard once or twice about ears actually being cut off and glued mm. back on. Super glued. Super glued back <laughs> on. Uh, very strange stuff in the industry. So wh- what are other groomers thinking of this? I mean, they must hate you. First you know, of all, you come on the radio when you tell all your, your tips and, and trade secrets. And then now you're trying to create legislation which will make them go through tests. Are they happy for that? Um, you know, I got to be honest with you. The ones that are generally happy are the ones that are running professional operation to begin with. Not that the Absolutely. ones that aren't agree, aren't running Joey. a professional operation. I think they don't understand the situation um, because it's not happening to them. So they're not experiencing it, and you know they're looking at this as one more um, because it's going to cost them money for a license. Um, you know, just it's going to need to be funded somehow. But I think they're looking at it that way, not understanding that this is a problem nationwide. And the one that got me on board in New Jersey was Bijou's Law. And Bijou's Law, which right now is on the table, and this is the one that, that um, really started the wheels turning in, in New Jersey, was basically what happened was is a woman brought her pet to, to one of the large grooming chains, and when she brought the dog there for the first time, the gentleman there said, I hope your dog is good because I've had a bad day. And she said that she should have taken the dog back at that point in yep. time, but she, you know, she didn't, she didn't think of it. She said she was a little uncomfortable. And 45 minutes later, she got a call to come pick up a dog, and when she got there, the dog was dead. Um, <sighs> they never divulged how the dog died. As a matter of fact, she's still in the courts trying to figure that out. Um, but obviously, it happened under the, the care of, of the pet groomer. Now, kennel dryers and all of that, I mean, these are, are, are equipment that people shouldn't be afraid of, but the groomer needs to know how they're used properly. And unfortunately, there's no regulating, and, and, and you know, people can go out and buy these things and really have no experience using them. And it's really just paying attention. There's nothing more than that, paying attention to the temperature, how long the dog is in there, and, and, and watching the pet. 
But you know what? I mean, if you can just go buy these, it, it's like anything else. You can go out and buy a lawnmower. And if you stick your hand underneath the lawnmower while it's moving, you're going to cut your fingers off. Well, it's no different than with um, some of the equipment that you use in pet grooming. You just need to know how to use it. All wow. good stuff. Let, let us know how that goes and uh, keep us posted. Glad to have someone on the team that uh, is legislating and is on really the cutting edge of that legislation. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Dog Father Joey Villani or Doctor Debbie right now. In fact, let's go to the phones. Hi Shirley, how are you doing? Hi. How can we help you? Well, I have a cat. Uh, he's about four years old, and he eats his fur. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> and then he he's got from his uh, belly on down no hair. And is it just on his belly that he's uh, chewing the hair out, or is it other parts of his body? Well, his legs, all of his legs, no hair. What kind of and, kitty? And, uh, and does, what kind of kitty? And does, and okay, does he go outside? We don't know. No. Uh-uh. He, okay. I know it has to do with the heat because uh, you know, when it was cold and in the winter, his hair all grew back. He did this last year. Well, I'll tell you what, Shirley. You know, I'm going to say it's probably not heat. Um, but anytime we have a cat that's chewing their hair out, whether they're pulling it out in clumps or barbering it and kind of chewing it and licking it so it breaks off in pieces, number one thing I like to look at is really evaluate for pen- potential um, allergies or other types of skin disease. So in areas where we have fleas, I always like to make sure we're doing really adequate flea control, even if they are indoors. So that's very one very important thing to look at. But if we do see a seasonality to when he seems to have this problem, I would really look at allergies as a potential cause and cats can be allergic to a lot of things in a seasonal way they can be allergic to pollens grasses a good visit to your veterinarians in line to make sure we don't have those things and that may require they do a couple uh, skin samples skin testing to evaluate that this is animal radio baby what what's going on this this week week, we're going to talk about hair wrapped around teeth um, and I had Ooh, a. Um, I had, had a dog question. that had that once. It was icky. How, how does it's hair get in Never heard around? of that. I don't understand how it gets in there. Well, you know, it usually happens mostly, mostly, um, but not always, with curly coated dogs like poodles, bichons, and dogs that have a lot of um, coat around their um, around their face. And what ends up happening, and I had a medallia, and I know I'm, I'm shredding this um, first name, Medallia Rivera. Um, she had asked me, she has a. Um, 15-year-old poodle, and usually happens to elderly dogs as the gums recede, and what happens is more of the tooth gets exposed, and usually between the gum and the tooth, there develops more of a space as the dog gets older and their gums start to, to recede. So what happens is the hair usually starts to curl inward and will wrap itself, just like a vine um, that's that's growing around a fence, will wrap itself around a tooth. Now, wow. a couple of things. Number one, it's extremely dangerous for your pet because what it what it could do if not treated, and um, usually the dog has bad teeth to begin with when this happens. I've never seen it on a dog that has healthy teeth and gums, usually on a dog that has poor teeth and gums. And it wraps around, and it'll start to rot, just like any other organic matter. So as it rots, it ends up rotting the tooth, um, and in some cases, right down to the jawbone, where it has to, you know, major surgery has to um, be done 
in order to um, correct the problem and sometimes in some in some um, instances save your dog. So when you see this happening and you catch it in the early stages, if you take it to your groomer and just have them clip the hair around the lip line to keep it short, you won't have any problems. Once it wraps around the tooth, um, it's not something that you want to play with at home. I know a lot of people like to take a um, tweezer and start to pull the hair up, but you know what? You might um, remove the tooth as well. So take it to your local groomer, see if they can deal with it. If they can't do, deal with it and it needs veterinary attention, it's not something that I would, again, um, you know, hold off on because it can cause extreme problems. And also it's extreme odor. And it is a little bit painful for your pet as well. I mean, most pets have a higher pain um, threshold than we do, but that doesn't mean that their teeth and gums aren't sore. How often does that happen? I've never heard of that before. You know, it's it doesn't happen too too often, horribly often, but um, it it I've seen it probably of every twenty groomings, um, one dog will have it. That's really, a, really, that's that's yeah. pretty common. Yeah. Lori, did you say one of your dogs has that or had that? Yeah, I had um, uh, an older bulldog, and for some reason, he I didn't even know it. It was the vet who spotted it. She was checking him for something. And she took a pair of tweezers and pulled it down, and it was like, yuck. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Debbie, what is the uh, weirdest thing you've ever removed from an animal, would you say? From their stomach. From their stomach. Ingested. Yes. Um, I, th- I think the weirdest thing was actually the mass of Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue. Wow. Gorilla Glue, Boy. that strong uh, glue. Yeah. Well, when it hits water, it swells. And oh. dogs, oh my they chew on God. the bottle. It'll get to their stomach, and it actually expands exponentially, and it'll fill their stomach up and, and dries. Wow, I guess the dog is okay. I hope the dog is okay. Yes, it was successfully removed. But yeah, it was it was huge. It was the size of a cantaloupe. That is absolutely <laughs> wild. You know the story I was just going to come up doesn't here with the, now. with the news. This is out of the paper. <laughs> doesn't compare. But uh, a Labrador named Tiki has an unusual taste for hair bands. Apparently a Pennsylvania veterinarian removed 62, 62 hair bands and eight pairs of underwear and a bandage from the dog's stomach during surgery. Dog wasn't responding to medicine for vomiting, diarrhea, and loss of appetite, so they figured something was in was, there. was going wrong there. So well, who has 62 hair bands in their house? I, mean, I was just going to say, <laughs> if I have to go shopping and keep buying hair bands, I'm going to say, who's taking them, man? Yeah, where are they disappearing to? What's up with that? Are any of your patients pigs? Do you have uh, pot-bellied pigs? Oh, yeah, or? we see a lot of pot-bellied pigs in my office. Do you think they're pretty smart? They are. They're they're very clever, and they just they have such almost human like emotions at times. It's it's really kind of spooky. Well, then you won't wow. be surprised by our next guest, Dr. Lori Marino. She's the executive director of the Camilla Center for Animal Advocacy. Doctor, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. So tell me, uh, pigs. We often don't look at them as if they're very smart, and certainly not as smart as a dog or a monkey. What research is new that you can tell us about? Well, what we did with uh, our recent study uh, w- was uh, look at uh, what we know about pigs and put that in a comparative context uh, and try to understand who they are, not just, you know, what they can do. Uh, and what we did is essentially uh, look at uh, the research on cognition, even self-awareness, 
social, social complexity, emotions, uh, personality, and uh, try to come up with an understanding of who they are and what kinds of research, non-invasive research, uh, would help us to understand them even better. Now, there are all kinds of pigs. I mean, there's the potbelly pigs that, you know, people use as pets, and then there's the big pigs on farms. Is this across the board, or is there certain, I, I want to say, breed or type of pig that might be smarter than a, a Yeah, because like a collie's a smart dog, but, yeah. you know, there might be a, a dog that's not as smart. Is that yeah. the same for pigs? Well, we certainly don't know enough about them to know that, but what we do know is that domestic pigs are all basically one species, and they are very, very close to their wild counterparts, wild boars. We don't really have any uh, information about differences across breeds. So tell us, what are some of the things that are are getting us to to think twice? Uh, I know that they have long-term memories. Do they have self-awareness? Do they know that they exist? I think that the jury is still out on that from what we know, and what we're trying to do is stick very close to the data so that we don't start making claims that we can't back up. Sure. But there are some there's some findings out there that suggest that you know they they do have a sense of self, um, and I would be be very surprised if they didn't. One of these uh, studies had to do with what they do when they're confronted with a mirror, and as you know, there's a the long uh, history of uh, some animals recognizing themselves in mirrors, chimpanzees and dolphins and and uh, elephants and so forth. And my cats and dogs just try to attack it. No, they <laughs> cats and dogs don't recognize themselves in mirrors. They clearly don't. That doesn't mean they don't have a sense of self, but in this particular way of probing it, they, they just they don't show it. In, with pigs, the, the, there have been a couple of studies, and in one of the studies, uh, it was found that they can use a mirror to find food that's hidden from them. Wow. And that's interesting because that's the using the mirror at a level very similar to what monkeys do. Uh-huh. Uh, monkeys don't show mirror self-recognition, but they can use a mirror as a tool to guide their hand to hidden food or to find hidden food. So it suggests they know something about themselves, the mirror image, and their environment. And so that's, that is a form of self-awareness, even though it's not, uh, you know, formally self-recognition. And pigs do other things, too, like they're able to... Um, Use a joystick to move um, a cursor on a screen, wow. and you know when you think about that, uh, that's a pretty sophisticated cognitive task because you have to understand that if I move this joystick, it moves something else, and that something else then moves towards, say, a goal wow. uh, on the screen. What that's called in comparative psychology is self-agency, the ability to understand that your actions are intentional and um, can actually affect something else in the environment. I was going to say they were smart enough to be a politician, but it appears that they're smarter than that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they're at least smart enough to play video games, and and I'm sure that's beyond the capacities of many politicians. Okay, well, I've learned a lot about pigs today. Dr. Lori Marino joining us. If you want to learn more, head to the website, farmsanctuary.org, and we'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com. Doctor, thank you so much for telling us about the pigs. You're very welcome.
Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds. They're the makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Pet Playgrounds is a real fence, not an electric fence. It offers real climb, dig, and chew protection for any breed. Listen up. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and you'll save 10%. Learn more over at PetPlayGrounds.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. When screams for help were heard outside a home in Trenton, New Jersey, police arrived to hear a woman screaming, help me, help me. And when no one answered the door, they kicked it in, only to find not a woman, but a cockatoo. Owner Evelyn DeLeon said it wasn't the first time 10-year-old Luna had brought authorities to their home. Luna went through a phase where he'd imitate a baby crying. Child welfare workers responding to reports of a possible abandoned baby showed up. DeLeon said her bird is forever adding new sounds from watching TV. I'm thinking it might be a good time for Luna to take up reading books. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. It's Animal Radio. Oh, the big guy just told you that. Well, he didn't tell you the phone number, one 405 8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Volani. Also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And we have, is it Lonnie? Laney. Laney. Hey, Laney. Hello. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from beautiful Templeton, California. Wow, just down the road now. Do you listen on KVEC? You know, I, I don't. Yeah, okay. I can't. I, don't get the channel. I don't know how to find it on the radio, and I really miss you people. Okay, so you you do you listen on XM? You don't you don't. Uh, I don't know what XM is. Every Sunday now on KVEC at two p.m. You can check us out. Of course, the podcast over at AnimalRadio.com after it airs nationally. But I understand you want to talk to Doctor Debbie. What's going on with your animal? Yes. Well, several months ago, <clears throat> Tippy, who's a twelve-year-old Tonkinese uh, cat. All of a sudden, didn't eat or drink, and then she started to lose a lot of weight. I got worried. I took her to emergency, and after numerous tests and everything, they said she had a high thyroid. And mm-hmm. you know, she, she almost died on me. I just really was. Anyway, um, so they put had me put her on this ointment, meth meth. M-E-T-H-I-M-A-Z-O-L-E. Methimazole. Methimazole, uh, okay. Yeah, two and a half milligrams twice a day. And then uh, they said there's a special food, y, Y-D, that okay. I could put mm-hmm. her on, and I might be able to uh, take her off the ointment medication. But mm-hmm. she still is not gaining it. She's still very, very thin, and she's active. She She's doing okay now, but I don't know if there's anything else I can do. I just moved recently, and I don't know a vet, and I I don't know what to do for her or what else to do for her except the ointment and the YD. Okay. 
All right. Well, so so in kitties, when we have thyroid problems, they have the disorder where they have too much thyroid hormone in their body, and it definitely will cause problems where we lose weight. Um, we may have a very strong appetite, but lose weight. They can have vomiting, diarrhea, um, even heart-related problems. So all of those kind of symptoms can be related to that. Now, once we know we have a high thyroid, there's a lot of different ways to deal with that. You've mentioned the medication. Um, now, the methimazole um, can be given in in a pill form, and it sounds like you were given the transdermal form, the, the form that's absorbed through a carrier that you put um, as an ointment on, on the, uh, ears. Usually on the, on the ears. On yeah. Ear. yeah, so now there are some different controversies with methimazole. One is that transdermal, that route may help for some cats, but the absorption can be a little questionable. So giving that medication by a pill form or even having it made into a liquid um, can be a little bit more direct that we're, we know we're getting the dose in. And then with any of these forms, with methimazole, we would want to recheck the thyroid level to see are we getting that value down and making some meaningful changes to her body. If not, and if that value is still running really high, um, that's going to be why we're not doing well. And that's why we're not gaining weight. As long as that metabolism is revved up really high, we're not going to see your kitty gain weight. So, and then you mentioned some other ways we treat thyroid dis- disease in cats. Instead of giving a pill or putting this um, ear medicine on, we can actually feed a diet. Um, and it's a very, very restricted iodine um, uh, level in the diet YD. And uh, there is some encouraging information that that may help to control kitties without needing any kind of medication. Right. Um, with that, you still have to do the monitoring and still have to do that blood level to really see if we're making um, a good head way with that or not. But that's a good option if, you know, if face it, some cats, pills and medication don't go down very easily. So that may be something to look at. Yeah. Now, and there are other therapies. And actually, if you have it in your area, um, there's a type of a radioactive iodine treatment that can be very effective in destroying the abnormal tissue in the thyroid gland and sparing the healthy normal tissue. But it's very um, it's a, far away, Doctor. Yeah. If you don't have it in your area, it can be tough. It also can be pretty pricey. Um, you know, yeah. it's an initial outlay of in our area of about at least a thousand dollars. But if it means no medication for the kitties remainder of their life, it, it can actually in the long run save you a lot of money on um, medications and so forth. The biggest thing I would say is, you know, we need to make sure we get that blood sample to see where your kitty's, um, you know, thyroid level is at this point. Well, when I got the YD, they said to give her the, the YD or the Y diet and then wait six months and then bring her in for a blood test. Do you you think that's... No. No, and and actually, I've, I've gone to some seminars on this really very recently, and we need to within even just a matter of a few weeks to be checking blood levels on on a oh, pet really? that's made that transition. Yeah, so it's not a food that replaces veterinary visits, so it's not going to take away the need to go into the vet. And um, well, and during she that time, developed the the uh, high thyroid. I mean, she was well up until a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is actually a very common, it's actually um, one of the most common hormonal problems in cats. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, it is not at all unusual. And in kitties that are over seven years of age, this is one reason why I am very vigilant about doing annual blood work in cats over seven. Oh. Because thyroid disorders are very common, diabetes um, and kidney disease. Some of those are the most common things that by screening we can help to maybe pick up that tr- that trend of that thyroid level just starting to head up above a, a level of over two and a half, and that really gets us a little bit more excited about looking into that. Okay. So, 
So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know, knock on the, that veterinary door and <laughs> let's see about having her rechecked and especially watching that weight. Um, if you're seeing her weight drop, then that's gotta that's gotta get us all more encouraged about getting some lab work and seeing her. Okay, well thank you very much because I want her around. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. lose her and I just uh, didn't know what to do moving here and not knowing any vets or any. We can help you with that. We can help you with that. Really? That would be great. I appreciate that. Hang tight for one second. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hold on one second. Hi, Anna. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Reading, Pennsylvania. Reading. Oh, listening on WEEU. Well, yes, I usually do in the morning, and uh, that's one of the programs when I get up early. I just sit down, relax, and listen to what you're folks have to say and share. Oh, good. That's good to hear. A I lot learned of, a lot. A lot of people say they call in and they listen to the show because they can't change the channel. Uh, oh, the knobs. The radio's broken or, <laughs> yeah. or they're, yeah. Uh, but uh, it's good to hear that you're listening. What's going on in your world? Well, I uh, almost lost a dog to oh. products that um, the FDA was aware were not faulty, were uh, something that were making dogs sick, dogs were dying, and I knew nothing about it. Had no idea. And it's package is uh, Milo's Kitchen, okay. and they were the small chicken meatball treats, uh, and it says product of the United States on the front, and that's mm-hmm. why I grabbed it. I truly thought it was a good product. Now, we've all, we all know that China, as of late, has been uh, distributing chicken treats that are, what are they causing? What are the problems? Do they have salmonella, Doc? What are... You know, they really don't know, but, but really since, uh, 2007, they've been looking at this with the FDA and, yeah. um, jerky products, um, have something in them. And particularly, some of the ingredients are coming from China. Just, and just like she's mentioning, it's not always a product that's produced primarily in China. They outsource the ingredients uh, from China. And actually, in the last decade, um, China has become a majority of the producers for dog, uh, pet foods and ingredients. So this is going to be something not maybe just with jerky treats, but we really need to be vigilant about watching with any pet products mm. um, to see where they're sourced from. So this package said that it was made in the USA, is that right. correct? Right, and it's not. Well, it's it not, is it's made in the USA, the but that's States, how they're skirting around it. They are. It, it certainly does. And everything I've read, I've been reading so much because my little guy, he's a, a four-year-old, normally very healthy poodle that I rescued. Uh, and he had a rough start. His life was two years in a cage before I got him. And what happened after getting the treats? Terribly sick. I mean, vomiting uncontrollably, diarrhea, and uh, that went over a period of days. It didn't happen immediately. It happened over a period of about seven days. And I did not pick up on this being serious. I thought, oh, upset tummy. You know, I had the flu, so I figured he was sick. You know, I'm not well. thinking... Uh, this was something serious, and I went to work. I'd given him two of the treats, went to work, came back after an eight-hour day, and had to rush a dog to a veterinarian's clinic because he was in very poor shape mm. and ended up with uh, getting shots for the diarrhea, shots for the vomiting uh, fluids because he was severely de- dehydrated. And his little mm-hmm. body was just covered with his own vomit when I picked him up in, in the evening when I came home from work. Did your vet know what was going on? No, no, had no idea. And we were eliminating all kinds of things with x-rays and blood tests. And the urine came back with higher protein, which was an alarm button for her. And she explained why. I thought he had been poisoned. You know, he had been out in the yard in the morning. But I go out with him and... Yes, dogs pick up things that they shouldn't, but I didn't see him do anything like that. 
came back in, went to work, and came home to this terribly ill animal. Um, and by a process of elimination, because he's on a good dog food, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of it, but it's a dry dog food. He's been on it for two years, no symptoms. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. added the treats. He got them for Christmas, and I start giving him these little, um, they call them meatballs, chicken meatballs. It's a moist product. It is packaged in a, a bag, and it has a chemical strip that you put in there so it doesn't spoil. Well, that was kind of an alarm for me, uh, but I still trusted something made in the United States according to the package. Mm, yeah, and you know, it, I've seen actually a, quite a few patients that have had um, illness after eating th- these type of jerky things, and, and I think it's important you mentioned that you know you you were talking about a meatball type product. So yes. a lot of people think I'm feeding jerky. I'm not feeding jerky. I'm okay. No, well, you're not. you know, we've no, seen this not. with not just chicken based jerkies, but also duck, sweet potato, right. and some of the treats that are just wrapped with um, you know the jerkies. And I've had pets where they have the digestive problems, vomiting, diarrhea, dehydration, like you mentioned. Yeah. But it will also go on to kidney failure as well. And, and that's where a lot of the deaths have been documented with uh, the jerky um, ingestion. So, you know, for me, I think the bottom line is everything is suspect when mm. your pet is yeah. ill. So for me, I have had um, clients that will come in and, and I used to say, um, you know, what's new that you're feeding your pet? And they'll say, eh, nothing's new. I've been doing this for years. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. So you need to kind of kind of spill it all out. So you're feeding yeah. this jerky product. This dry biscuit, this food, yes. this canned food, and and that for me has been a really big thing to really get to the history of some of these guys and to detect it maybe before we get you know horribly ill. Okay, well uh, we appreciate your call today, Anna, and uh, hopefully more listeners will find out about this and uh, will save them from having any problems with their dogs. Thank you so much. Thanks for your call. This helping of Animal Radio is brought to you by our friends over at Company of Animals. You know, having a dog who runs around and plays is a lot of fun. Having a dog who chases other dogs and people, not so fun. (laughs) If you have a chaser, the chances are you're getting tired of calling him back and running after him. If this sounds like you, you need the pet corrector from the Company of Animals. One simple, and that'll solve your problem. Find out more over at companyofanimals.us. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. The more you learn about your insurance coverage, the more gaps you might find. Like how you thought you were covered for this. Check out my new addition. Wow, I love this new master bedroom. When you're really only covered for this. Check out my new addition. Wow. A Murphy bed. Now you see it. Now you don't. Or how you may be covered if you drive your car into a pool. That pool came out of nowhere. But not if you drive a carpool. Talk to a farmer's agent about what gaps might be hiding in your insurance. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. You know what rubs millions of people the wrong way? Their thighs. Shaq talks gold bond friction defense. Skin friction is quite an affliction. 
on your legs, arms, whether you're running a 5K or just running upstairs. And Gold Bond Friction Defense is... Soothing. Indeed. It's non-greasy, moisturizes, and helps like nobody's business. Because your thighs rubbing together is nobody's business. Gold Bond Friction Defense. Defense starts now. Your thighs will thank you. Oh, boy. Geico applauds your inner road name. A slow clap goes out to your biker alter ego. You might be mild-mannered Michael in the office, the guy known for raising his hand in meetings, but out on the open road, it's Motor Mike. Geico supports you and your bike, Motor Mike, because beyond cars, Geico insures motorcycles, those glorious vroom-vroom machines. With 24-7 customer service and great rates, the only thing you'll be raising from now on is a heck of a good time. So head out on the highway and make that road yours, Mike. Make it yours. Geico Motorcycle. See how much you could save. Hi, this is Justin Silver from CBS's Dogs in the City here on Animal Radio, just reminding you to always stay new to your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. We'll head back to the phones in just a second. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. Dr. Dibby, Joey Villani, even Ladybug, the studio stunt dog, taking calls today in her usual chipper self. She uh, is in a great mood. It's just like she's running things around here. <laughs> Wacky Wednesday is just around the corner. And uh, what does that mean to you? Well, if you're brand new to Animal Radio, Wacky Wednesday is where we ask you for your wacky pictures over at our Facebook page. You upload those little puppies and the most likes and most shares pick up great prizes every single week. What do you have this week? This I have one of my favorites. I actually have one of these and I've tested it out. It is the Litter Genie. Litter Genie, huh? Yes, and a what Litter Genie. A Litter Genie is, you know, you've heard about the Diaper Genie for babies when you throw the dirty diapers away in this pail. Oh, yeah. Well, this is this, it's equivalent to it, but it's for litter. Yeah. When you open up the unit, you put the litter in, but then there's a pull tray. You pull it out and it falls down into a second component. So you seal it off so you don't have the smell. It hides it away plus the smell. So I'm constantly cleaning the litter boxes and I got bags and stuff all over the place. Well, this will hold up to 14 days for one cat. Wow. And you just put it in there and it's, you don't, no, it's great. You don't smell it. And, you know, I want to say also, this is probably something that they didn't think about. My dog has an indoor potty for my dog. Oh, so it's good for your dog, so too. I use the poop. I pick up the poop from my dog and put it also in the litter genie. So you collect all that poop. Do you do anything at the end? Do you compost it? Do you any, do anything with it? No, I personally don't, but you can if you want. But it's got a bag that you just tie off and then you pull down and make a new bag out of it so you have several bags that will last you quite a while. And I've always wanted to try one of these. I think they're fantastic if you have to scoop the litter and you can keep it right next to your litter box. It comes with its own scoop right there on the side so you have everything you need the scoop the bags and you can lock it away until that bag gets full and you can remove it at that time and you're not an employee of cat genie no i'm not but this is one of those products that you know you see it and it's just like wow i mean i've been scooping litter for you know all my life and finally something that i can use and just kind of lock it away so i don't have to keep tying up those bags and stuff all day long if you're a cat lover if you have a bunch of cats and you want the same excitement that judy has <laughs> doesn't take much for me. on her face right now please upload your wacky wednesday pictures over at the website at uh facebook at uh at, at our facebook page i absolutely get it judy thank you do you have cats 
I always had cats. I bet you wish you had Grumpy Cat. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we learned last hour in the news that uh, Grumpy Cat is the most, I guess, the wealthiest cat in the world at $100 million, although that can't be confirmed. Wow. wow. Well, yeah, but then is Grumpy Cat really the wealthy one? No, Grumpy Cat's owner is. Yeah. Tabitha, what's her name? <laughs> wow. That is, uh, and it's amazing because, I mean, what does Grumpy Cat do but just look grumpy all day? Sit there. Why don't I yeah. get millions of dollars for... Just looking grumpy all day. Yeah. I do that pretty well. Yes, you do. Um, then you said, well, I guess it all started when, um, they, she posted a video on, what is it, Reddit? Oh, yeah, Reddit. Um, it went viral and, and in like two days, just all, everything started rolling. There you go. Isn't that amazing? It's like the stars looked down upon her and said, Right time, right place, right, yeah. I wonder where she got that. Internet fortune. I wonder where she got that cat. If she got it from a shelter, if she got it from some private person, I bet they're kicking themselves. I bet. Well, now here, uh, Moose from uh, Frasier. Oh, yes. Uh, The little Jack Russell. He played Eddie, right? We played Eddie on Frasier. Yeah, 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 yeah. The dad's dog. So he's also on the list there, but he worked for his money. I mean, he worked very hard. He had a a very illustrious career. Yes, yeah, it's a really interesting list. Um, it, I actually found it on uh, Huffington Post, and there's they they didn't put them all in order. They just put all of these dogs that have made or animals that have made their owners so much money. And it was interesting that the first Lassie, uh-huh. the first Lassie's name was Pal, and at the time that Lassie made four thousand dollars a week. Wow, which That's was it. a lot at the but, time for a dog, right, especially. But, Yes, but if it were starring in a series today, at that same rate, it would be the equivalent of, I think it was about $56,000 a week. Wow. Can you imagine what Toto would have been worth? (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious, because Toto, they said, was the most... um, the most famous um, um, movie dog in history. I just seen a thing on that. Can you imagine what he would be worth today? Wow. Was she? It's actually she. Toto, Toto, believe it or not, Toto was a she. Well, there was, was she? there was only one Toto. There was like a million Lassies. Yeah. Which shocked Correct. me. Right. I was really shocked to find out that there was Lassie number one, Lassie number two, and Lassie. I was. And Toto was a shelter dog. Really? All spits. Um, yep. Um, wow. Um, found it was his dog and. Um, and believe it or not, Judy Garland wanted Toto when she um, when 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 after the movie, and they they wouldn't give it to him. Well, aren't we just a vessel of knowledge today? <laughs> I'm just well, learning I'm so much. I got four Karen Terriers, so I got a little history. Especially, you know, <laughs> my wife was a Wizard of Oz freak. That's why we got Karen Terriers. So I I know a little bit about it. What do you say we go to the phones for Dr. Debbie and Dogfather Joey Volani right now? Here's the number, toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. You can also ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app, the smartphone app for your iPhone or Android. Uh, download it now. It has all the recall information, all the news you need, as well as you can listen to old shows, browse our resources, and most importantly, when you have a question at 2 in the morning that you want to ask the doctor, you'll have that app right there and you can ask. Not that she'll answer it at 2 in the morning, but <laughs> you never know. first thing in the morning she'll get back to yeah. you, I'm sure, on that. Animal Radio is underwritten by Pet Playgrounds, makers of the safest and most reliable real dog fencing system in the world. Dog trainers, veterinarians, and dog lovers highly recommend Pet Playgrounds because it's the best option to protect your dog. That's why. Use the code ANIMALRADIO at checkout and you'll save 10%, you lucky dog. Learn more at PetPlaygrounds.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster & Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea & Tick Medication delivered right to your door. 
Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Hi, I'm Lori Brooks. Pet ownership or pet parenting, which is becoming the more politically correct term, is not all kitten kisses and puppy love. And before you adopt a furry friend, please be sure you're ready for the financial responsibility that comes with keeping an animal alive and happy. Just like, you know, they release every year that index on the cost of raising a child. I've got one for you now on raising cats and dogs that focuses on the first year cost of having that pet when, you know, you have to acquire all of the things that they need. So that being said, the first year of being a pet parent to a cat, they estimate will cost you about $1,000 and for a dog that number is a little bit more $1,843 as estimated by the ASPCA so dogs are definitely more expensive and in my own opinion after reviewing this study more expensive than these numbers are saying because you know I will look at other pet parents too and knowing my own spending habits I spend I think a lot more than that and my bet is is that you do too but Bottom line, of course, it's worth every penny. Several high-profile recent pet deaths are highlighting the possible need for government regulation of the over $6 billion pet grooming industry. At least three states we hear, those being New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, are now considering laws to put rules in place in the largely unregulated pet grooming industry. Some changes are already happening as a result of those cases we just mentioned. Petco, for example, where one dog died while in a kennel dryer was being used on it, says that that type of kennel dryer the dog was housed in, it has been removed from service in all of their stores as a result of that case. And Pima Animal Care Center in Arizona is celebrating Christmas in July by giving potential pet owners the chance to choose how much they want to pay to adopt or, you know, take home a cat or dog from the shelter. Well, because of summertime overcrowding, shelters all over the country are trying similar new ways of finding homes for animals. And your own local shelter may surprise you with what's in store there. So be sure to check it out. I'm Lori Brooks. Be sure to get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterandSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like canine advantage, flea and tick preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Love the warmth and beauty of hardwood flooring? Then you've got to get to Lumber Liquidator's Hardwood Flooring Sale for deals on over 200 varieties of hardwood from just 99 cents. You could pay twice as much at other stores, but we've got gorgeous, pre-finished, easy-to-install walnut red oak for $219, stunning Sancho Bay solid hardwood for $299, hot new wood-look tile for an incredible $179, plus laminate and more from $0.49, and 24-month special financing. The hardwood flooring sale is going on now. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio. 
We'll head back to the phones in just a second for your calls. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. Regular listeners know we've been talking the last few weeks about pet playgrounds. This fencing system, it's a real physical fence. You know, I, I don't want you to get confused. It's not one of those, like, electric fences or zapping mm-hmm. fences. It's a real physical fence, and it's been tested on uh, virtually every breed and has the approval of such groups as PETA. So if you have, like, a chewing dog that chews its way out of fences, <laughs> you want to be listening up for this because in just a couple of minutes, we'll tell you how you can use the code Animal Radio to receive a 10% discount on your pet playground's fencing system. But I figured, who better to tell you about it than the top dog at Pet Playgrounds? Victor Bomels is joining us. Hi, Victor. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Splendid. Thank you so much. This fencing system is innovative, and it's something that's so needed for a lot of people that try to enclose their animals and have had failures in the past because they dig underneath or they chew their way through. Tell us, describe what the fence is all about and how it works so well. Well, well, what it is is it's a combination of materials. I'd say 1,100-pound brake-strength polypropylene mesh wow. that's combined with a metal hex wire. And it's all supported with a steel tension cable along the top and the bottom. And because the bottom of the fence flares in and gets staked down, that's what makes it almost impossible to climb through. How'd you come up with this? Do you Did you have a dog that an escape artist? Or... Is this personal? Yeah, is it personal? Yeah, it started personal. It was a, a, a puppy that ran away and got actually killed by a car oh no a child so then i became sort of an amateur trainer and trained a bunch of dogs including my own but the issue was still there are other dogs in the neighborhood even if you can call your dog off lead uh-huh. the issue is the the other animals and then trying to figure out a solution for a fence all of the solutions are very expensive and many of them don't work you know, well, what about just like a chain link fence? Doesn't don't those work? They do work. The, the issue is that they're very expensive, and they only work well on uneven when the ground is actually perfectly straight. Uh huh. And the other issue is they typically can get climbed over pretty yeah. easily and dug under if uh-huh. the ground isn't straight. Uh-huh. And so your pet playground system is a uh, loose fence so that they can't climb it. Explain how that works. That works because there aren't rails. Typical fences have rails. So that rail becomes very easy for a dog to put their paws on and pull themselves over. We have a tension cable along the top and a tension cable along the bottom. While there is some tension to keep it tight and straight, it isn't as steady as a rail. So oh. dogs feel it, and they feel like it's a net, and they don't like the feeling. i got to say, the reason that I really like this is that it's not an eyesore. I stand back like, <laughs> well, you know, chain link fences are an you eyesore. You can see them a mile away. Yeah. But I stand back from this fence about 10, 15 feet, and it disappears. Absolutely. There's only a post required every 20 feet or a tree. And because there aren't any rails, that's why it blends in so incredibly well. What about uh, the people that say, I want to use one of these invisible electric fences? What do you usually say? Well, you know, I usually say try it on your own neck first. Uh And and then, (laughs) you you know, the experts agree that it fails 30% of the time. Wow. You know, sometimes it's years later. Well, it doesn't keep animals out, though, does it? That's the big problem. I mean, I, I could have another dog come in my yard and attack my dogs or something. I wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. I uh, have cats, and people that know me know I have a lot of cats. Too many. Maybe too many. And I like them to go outside. I like them to be able to smell the air and uh, see the birds, but obviously I don't want them roaming free. Are we able to use the pet playground's fence for the cats? Absolutely. 
we have a, a, a special arm that goes on the top of a six-foot-tall dog sense kit, oh. and it faces inward, and it actually creates an overhang-type situation that makes it virtually impossible for a cat to climb out. I love that. Hmm. Like I said, I, I have an escape artist. He, I, I'd like to put him up to that challenge. <laughs> <laughs> if any cat could get out, this one could. It hasn't happened, but we've all seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> I encourage listeners to check out PetPlaygrounds.com PetPlaygrounds.com And you'll find out more about this real dog fencing Not electric fencing, not invisible It's Well, it is invisible when you stand back From about uh, 10 to 15 feet You can't see it But it is an actual fence that they can't chew through They can't dig under They can't climb And you can call them at 1-800-985-9202 That's 1-800-985-9202 and for a limited time, if you enter the code Animal Radio, you'll receive a 10% discount on your entire fencing system. So here's the website again, PetPlaygrounds.com. You can select your height, the size, choose, choose whether you want to assemble it yourself or have a professional come over. In my case, I'd probably have a professional come over. That would be better for you, Hal. Yeah. yeah. If you know me like Judy knows me, you know I that, know you uh, too well. You want to hire out for that. But I'm sure it's fairly simple to put together or easy for those that are apt to do it. PetPlaygrounds.com is the website. Victor, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. And we want to thank Pet Playgrounds for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A dog owner from Myrtle Beach is spreading a safety message after her dog lost part of his tongue in a terrible paper shredder accident. Sandy Clark's boxer named Cross lost chunks of his tongue by getting it caught in a shredder in her home office. Clark said it was a terrible experience. Cross was screaming with his tongue still caught in the machine for 10 to 15 minutes until they were able to put the shredder in reverse. Clark is trying to make people aware that shredders need to be unplugged and should include a warning about the dangers to children and pets. As for Cross, his prognosis is very good. He was able to keep most of his tongue and will soon be back to eating, drinking, and licking. Just not shredders. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is Animal Radio, baby. Audrey, how you doing? Great, how you doing? Good, where are you today? Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, lovely Tucson, Arizona. You're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi. Hi there. I have probably a silly question. I have been told that the uh, smaller parrot have a mentality of about a two-year-old and the larger ones of about a five-year-old. Well, I usually, I go out of town on driving on Saturday, and I usually take my son conjure, small parrot, with me, and uh, and if I don't take her on Saturday, well, she, when I come home, she screams at me, and it's different than through the week. It's, hmm. I work night, so I'm there uh-huh. in the daytime, but occasionally I work in the daytime also through the week, and... When I come home, if I work in the daytime through the week, she's just thrilled to see me and want to kiss me, and she's all excited. Um, but on Saturday, it's like she's mad at me and screams at me. Is it possible <laughs> that she knows at so many days or whatever that she goes with me, and if I don't take her, she's mad at me? 
Now, I want to clarify. She's she's ma- she's behaving this way before you leave her or after a span of time when you've not been with her? Oh, when I come home on Saturday afternoon, if I'm not able to take her with me. You know, birds, and this will be a little sticky here, this conversation, because there's a lot of people that would argue that animals have the same feelings we do. But I would say that... For definite, what she's doing is she has a pattern of learned behavior, and she may not know it's Saturday, but she knows that she's not as happy when you're not with her and she's not with you. So she may demonstrate some of that. Um, you know, I don't know if I could call it pouting or you know, you know those type of uh, human words. But uh, you know, if she doesn't have the same social stimulation, she doesn't have the same activity or mental stimulation. You know, she might be acting uh, funny. And you know, does she have feelings? Does she, is she telling you that she's ticked off? That is the argument that animal behaviorists, pet owners, would probably bonk heads on because you ask any pet owner and they'll say that their pet feels you know, the same feelings that we do. And, and I'd have to agree on that to some point. But the, the big question is, does she really understand what she's doing and trying to get even with you? I don't know about that. That's a tough call. <laughs> well, I she doesn't actually talk, even though she's capable of it. But I understand her body language quite well. And I can even tell people what she wants. And, and then when she does it, they are amazed. How'd you do that? <laughs> well, I understand uh-huh. her body language and what she's wanted. Absolutely. It's just, it's just like a mom and their, you know, infant child. You kind of learn what, um, what kind of triggers there are. And, you know, to some degree, I think she's probably working you, um, just to make you feel bad. But, you know, the humans in the household have to set the pattern of behavior and the rules. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. Both Doc Halligan and Judy uh, doing kind of air air drums. Air drums, yeah. Woo, yay! Both of you are very, very talented. I'll tell you that Thank right you. Now. <laughs> A topic this week that is controversial whenever you bring it up and it's all about vaccines and you know you can find one side of the camp that will say vaccines are the worst don't do them they they can cause cancer and then you'll find the other side of the camp that says you got to get every single vaccine done for your animals so what do you do it really isn't as controversial as you would think there's a lot of miscommunication about it so the fact of the matter is every year cats and dogs die from preventable diseases that you can get your pet vaccinated for. And what are those diseases? So parvo, dog parvo. Okay. Every year, thousands of dogs probably die from that across the country. And that's a shame Um, because that's so preventable. It is preventable. But the other thing we'll get into, too, is um, sometimes pets are vaccinated and they don't make antibodies. So that's another thing we need to touch on. But so feline distemper, cats can get that and die from that. Feline leukemia is another one that cats will get and die from. Rabies is a big one. And although it, you know, we don't see very many cases, there are a few cases, um, in domesticated animals in the United States, um, in cats more so than dogs. But so these are all preventable. And, you know, it used to be, I've been a vet for 27 years. Everybody came in every year and you got your pets vaccinated. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Several right? times. You just, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I graduated from vet school, I needed to pay the bills, you know, and uh, so I did these shock clinics, and people would just come in droves. So it was very common for pets to get vaccinated every year. Then the veterinarians in the schools that do research started doing testing to see do pets really need to be vaccinated every year because babies don't get vaccinated every year, right? So people were questioning that. Now, the vaccine manufacturers only did studies for a year. They didn't do three-year studies or five-year or ten-year. Why do you think that is? Well, I'm not going to trust the manufacturers. Yes, They they want certain results. If they did a study that showed that your pet didn't need vaccines for, you know, it was good for five years, that would hurt them financially. Sure. They only did one-year studies. So the vet schools did studies. Lo and behold, these pets that were vaccinated properly had antibodies three years out, four years out, five years out, seven years out, ten years out. Um, and so that's what caused such a controversy because you know, people are like, wait a minute, so you're saying I don't need to vaccinate my pet every year. Well, technically the vaccine manufacturer, since they've only done studies one year out, that that's what we have to say. Mm. Um, they have at least acquiesced now. There is a three-year distemper. That oh, you can really? get for your pet. Mm-hmm. But that's where the confusion is. Now, I work at Marina Veterinary Center on the weekends, and we do uh, traditional and holistic medicine. We do not vaccinate every year. We vaccinate on your pet's lifestyle. And sometimes uh, we won't do vaccines at all on elderly animals that, you know, don't get out. We don't, we don't even vaccinate them anymore. And my own dog, Duke, who was the love of my life, I did one set, and then that was it. I never vaccinated him again. Now, to be safe, what you can do is test your pets tighter. Mm -hmm. And what that does, you do a blood test, and you can actually look to see, does my dog or cat have antibodies to feline distemper, feline leukemia, rabies? So, but the test isn't really cost effective yet. Yeah. How much does but something like that cost? It's pricey. It's, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars, depending on the lab. Okay. So for, so for listeners, I just want to explain this once again. If you use this titer test, you do the mm-hmm. blood test, you can check to see if the vaccine that they took a year ago still has antibodies, if it's still effective or if you need another one. Is that correct? That's absolutely correct. Okay. Yep. Following along there. So we can, we can check, you know, and I mean, the sad thing is the vets really kind of didn't buck the system because they, it was a way to get you to bring your pet in every sure, year. And sure. now what's happening is people aren't coming in at all. And now these pets are not getting seen for years. And you know, one year in their life is seven years in ours. So if I haven't seen your pet in three years, that's like 21 years. I wish that could be that happening. lucky and not have to go to the doctor for 21 years. <laughs> can you imagine? Well, what are the uh, the problems that can happen from vaccines? You know, okay. people say that rabies, they won't get their rabies done because their animals get violently sick afterwards. Mm-hmm. I've heard about uh, vaccine-induced sarcomas. Unfortunately, your pet can die from a vaccine. Um, they can go into anaphylaxis and die. Mm. Yes. Now, if you're at a veterinary hospital and that happens, it's usually quick and we can counteract it it's when you go to these shot clinics you know where you you kind of do the shot and you leave that 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 could be dangerous but typically it happens fairly soon um so that is one drawback but the chances are very slim we don't see it that often 
The bigger one that we do see is, yes, animals can have, uh, they can get um, cancer from the adjuvants that are in the vaccine, not the virus that you're injecting that's dead, but the adjuvants that keep it, you know, in the solution and everything. That's what, for some reason, um, that can trigger cancer in cats especially. Um, but now they're saying in cats, any kind of injection can trigger, like what you said, a sarcoma, which is a malignant, nasty tumor. I've seen them in practice um, in between the shoulder blades, and it's it's horrible because the cats do end up usually dying because, uh, you, you know, it's spread. So that's why I don't know if you've noticed that we kind of universally give the vaccines in the certain limbs uh, so that we could amputate a limb if that happened. Really? Is that why you do that? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, that's why we're doing it. So we do the rabies right rear, and cats, the FARCP is right front, and the DAPP is right front. Be sure to check with your vet what's needed, especially in your area, what the laws are for your area where you live. No well, that's so good to learn all yeah. this stuff today. Thank you so much, Doc yeah. Halligan. Learn more over at the LucyPetFoundation.org. And thank you all for calling in today. Remember, you can ask your questions during the week by calling 1-866-405-8405 or directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. is Animal Radio Network. Network.